0: Pride of Limerick,
1: the young man named Sean Sheehan,
0: the MMA media, Don Graham McDonald, the Severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. I see them coming up and they're getting their shot and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Welcome, welcome everybody to episode 182 of the Severe MMA podcast and this might just be the busiest week and the busiest day after in the history of mixed martial arts. I'm joined by uh, Jeremy Botter with Graham away in uh, Las Vegas to talk us through the, the Mad Night. Jeremy, how are you? How, how are you feeling this morning?
1: I'm great. Uh, is Graham in jail? Do we know? Not sure. Do we know for sure that? Do we, I mean, I didn't see him, uh, you know, get involved in a brawl or anything last night. But I mean, he's a. Yeah, you know, I mean, if somebody's going to get thrown in jail from Connor's side, I, I would suspect it would be Graham.
0: Yeah, Graham Andrew McGahn One of them, surely one of them ended up in jail. You'd never know. About. Oh, dude. Andrew would not fare well in prison. He would not, would not. A pretty boy like him, not a hope. No <laughs> he, way. He, he would be a
1: boyfriend on day one.
0: <laughs> he definitely would. But I suppose, okay, uh, are we let's get into the negative first, and I suppose we can get into the into the positive then. And we're just going to focus on last night's card, the incident, McGregor fight, the, the fight before. And if there's any card, I haven't even looked at what cards are going to be next week. I'll do another podcast during the week, and I'll put it up. So we're just going to concentrate on UFC 229 here today and answer your questions as well. So, Jeremy, your initial reaction, let, let's talk about the fight in, in a few minutes, but your re- initial reaction to Habib chokes out Conor McGregor and from there, what did you think of that?
1: Yeah, so I was, I was actually cage-side uh, for the big strike force Nashville brawl, yeah. and uh, my, my reaction last night was kind of the same um, as it was in Nashville that night. It's like, my first reaction, right, like the instinctual human reaction was, oh, this is awesome. Which clearly is not the right uh, okay. kind of reaction. Um, you know, I pretty much immediately saw, like, oh holy shit, what's happening? This is crazy. And then I saw, and then I, I mean, at that point, I saw the the what essentially looked like a riot in the crowd with mm-hmm. Khabib out there. And you know, it, I was like, wow, this sucks. I mean, like, this is not a good look for the sport. And then I was like, I mean, it's just Dylan Dennis, right? Like, you, I mean. I'm fine with that if he wants to go punch Dylan Dennis in the face, but I mean, clearly it's not a it's not a great look for the sport. Um, I've watched pretty much every single. We seem to have reaction videos or or, or um, action videos from everybody that was in the crowd. We have all different angles. Uh, people are saying that Conor threw first. People are saying two of Khabib's dudes that jumped in the cage threw first. And I, you know, honestly, I haven't paid it that close of attention. But at, at my the reaction that I've settled on this morning after having time to sleep on it and think about it is that the UFC is going to make so much money on the rematch. Because Dana last night was really upset and sickened by this whole thing. Mm-hmm. But you, I, I wrote in my column after the fight last night, you could see the glimmer in his eyes. That's a man who is about to make so much money, uh, way more than he made last night. They're going to do a rematch. They're going to. Mm -hmm. Even if he says they're not, and blah, blah. He wouldn't even pretend last night that he, you know, to say that there was not going to be a rematch. Um, So I think, I mean, the UFC is going to use last night's footage, no matter how disgusted or whatever they are by it. But I mean, that's if Khabib can even get back in the country. Which is not a certainty at this point.
0: I don't know. But Look, my my initial reaction to the whole thing was, and we'll get to talk about the rematch and everything like that and and what actually happened as well. My initial reaction was, it wasn't like, oh, this is cool or this is awesome or anything like that. And it usually would be, but for this, it was just like, oh, No. Not no, not this, I was just like, it had just been, it had been such a great week, you know, Dana White kind of said himself afterwards, everything had kind of gone to plan A, and you know, for, even for myself, and for the, the website and everything, we, you know, it was a great week, and it was a great week for everyone coming up to it, there was a lot of, of shit talk and everything, but then this happens, and it just, it ruins everything, it was, you know, it was a good fight, Habib went out there, he put the pace on McGregor and he beat him, we'll get to the fight soon, but what happened afterwards was an absolute stain in the sport. And, you know, especially here in Ireland, where it isn't an official sport yet. It's still going through the process of becoming a sport. This does not help. This was absolutely, absolutely and utterly disgusting. You can't stand up for this. You know, Pete called it a black eye afterwards. I, I said it the same. It was absolutely disgraceful. Like this, things like this should not be happening in the sport. I've said it all the time that once once you get into the octagon, that, that the fight is there. And once you get outside, it's promotion or whatever that it, promotion goes too far when you go like that like that is not promotion that is that is assault it was it, it, and it's the same for mcgregor when he went down on the bus and i said that at the time as well so if people want to use that stupid fucking argument as an argument for this being okay you're an idiot because that was not okay and this was not okay they're both terrible which is worse you can ar- argue over that whatever but this happened in front of everyone in the world in front of all the eyes of the world with the biggest selling pay-per-view of all time more than likely and this happened right there in the biggest moment for our sport ever, and especially for Ireland as well, where, where I'm more concerned about. That's when it happened, and this is this is terrible. This is absolutely terrible. Like I I, I can't stress enough how how bad this actually is. Like, it, it, look, Habib and Magomed have won the fight. We have the fight to put this to bed. This is, you know, what what difference is Habib Nurmagomedov gone full ba- Finn Balor, throwing a coup de gras at fucking Dinel Danis make a difference? He went in there and he beat the living fucking bejesus out of Conor McGregor. That should be enough, like they that that's the fight, you know. And he probably did it because McGregor said this doesn't end afterwards, and like the what and, and this is I suppose I'll throw it over to you with this. D- do these people like not understand that McGregor saying these things for promotion? And like after all of McGregor's fights, it's the same thing. He says these things for promotion, and then afterwards it's shaking hands and he's respecting them all. Like, there he did it. Did I not realize he's selling the fight?
1: Yeah. See, so that's the thing, like. I don't the the thing I I don't think people realize, and I was talking to one of my friends last night who works for the UFC. um, The thing people don't realize about Khabib is that this is never a game to him. Like this was never a joke. It was never funny. Like Conor, you know. I mean, even if he's not doing his little wink wink on promoting, you know, trash talk. he, you you still know that that's what he's doing because historically he's ne- I mean every time he's had something bad to say about somebody after the fight's over he buries the hatchet as if there was a hatchet to bury to begin with you know he kind of lets us in on on the joke but it's never a joke to Khabib man like people don't understand this guy like when when you say something about Khabib's country or his religion or his dad, it's not something that he's just gonna brush off. Like he's he's essentially a Russian assassin. Like he's you know I mean he is a mobbed up Russian assassin without the assassin part. But I mean you get what I'm saying. He surrounds himself with bad people when he's not here. Uh, when he's when he's at home, you know he's I mean he is he is supported by Russian oligarchs Dagestani warlords I mean this guy is not a joke it's not funny to him he's not capable of doing the whole wink wink thing when he says something he's serious and and clearly you saw that last night you saw the end result of that the, he was not joking it was not promotion to him
0: mm-hmm. and and i think that's fair enough and that's what a lot of people are saying but i don't think that you know i think that still allows criticism like he should not be like that this is you know this is a sport this is a sport we're trying to push as a sport and i know we call it you know sports entertainment or whatever outside of the cage and that that's fair enough but that there's a there's a big difference between you know doing something to promote a fight and doing something like this which is is basically assault the first thing that actually went through my head was what. Uh, and this is might be a bit Eddie Bravo conspiracy theorist sort of talk, but I'm going to say it anyway because I don't care. Did Habib Nurmagomedov plan this? Did he do this on purpose? Because what what's going to happen if he didn't do this? That that fight is over. Like that that fight is never going to happen again. It was it was you know McGregor got dominated. There was no need ever for a rematch. And what was Habib going to do? He was going to go and he's going to fight Tony Ferguson for 150 grand. Like was Habib thinking to himself? I'm going to go in here, smash Conor McGregor and I'm going to go out and attack his team and then they're going to have to make a rematch and I can make another 5 or 6 million again like, that, that's the first thing that I thought of, like, and that, that's the only thing to me that makes sense here, because he went in there, he humbled McGregor, he beat him down, he dominated him, he ended this rivalry, McGregor was sitting there, you know, in a pool of his own blood, uh, after being tapped by, by um, Habib Dermagomedov, he beat the fight out of him, he basically gave up in the end, he tapped, you know, Michael Bisping said it afterwards, that he gave up, that he tapped to a choke that wasn't even in, a neck crank, uh, and and Habib just beat him down, like, there, what was the need for doing that? Like, do do you, do you think there's any validity in that? Do you think he was doing it? He knew what he was doing, like to to keep this rivalry going.
1: No, I mean, I think I think saying something like that is is imagining that there are things there that are not actually there. Um, I I, I think what you saw honestly is what you got. That, Khabib reacted to the months and months and months of trash talk, uh, very personal trash talk from Conor McGregor. Um, he he's not able to just put it aside, you know. And I no, I it it was not pre. I mean. You know, look, anything can happen in, in any any sport, right? I mean, like anything could be premeditated, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I just cannot fathom uh, that any of that was preplanned by him. It looked like it was – he reacted in the moment to Dylan, you know, to Dylan Dennis. He was yelling at Dylan Dennis and then Dylan Dennis – Start screaming back at him. And to be honest, look, again, it's Dylan Dennis. I mean, look, I, I mean, I can why use this joke
0: as, as many times as Dylan I want. To. Dennis, like, why did he go after I Dylan I mean, Dennis? wouldn't
1: you? Like, if you're going to pick somebody, wouldn't he go after Not Dylan Dennis? Really, like,
0: a mouthpiece jujitsu player, like, why would you go after him? There's like, the, the, he's the last person you go after. If you want to go after fucking Conor McGregor again, or, you know, Roddy or John Kavanaugh or something, even Dean, why would you go after him? Like, no, but, like, Dylan Dennis, like, why are you going after him? For?
1: Why didn't he go? He should have gone after Graham.
0: Yeah, he should have gone after Graham. Yeah, you know, it's a right
1: missed point. opportunity. Uh, missed uh, opportunity there. But
0: that's the thing I'm thinking about, like, Because that makes absolutely no sense. The only thing since I can make of it is he wanted to to make another payday. That's really... Or else, you know, that he's just insane and went mad and, you know, lost the head. But, like, (laughs) the fight is supposed to be the end of that. Like, the fight... And I know McGregor said it. And, like... The thing about this is, a lot of people are saying, you know, they, they, they used the uh, the footage, you know, they they use McGregor talking a lot of the shit about, you know, Ali Abdelaziz and and him being a backwards cunt and all their promos and that that they deserve it for doing this. And look, that's an argument. I don't really have a strong argument against, and that's you know, if you want to use that argument, that's fair enough. But Habib talks and he talked afterwards about this being about respect for him about him being a martial artist and all that but like where was the respect there like where was the martial arts there like he said his father was going to smash him afterwards (laughs) because he did that you know and you know he talked before and after the fight about how his father taught him to be like that, you know, to be someone who doesn't kind of rise to it, to, to go in there, be a martial artist, beat him up and, and get out and be respectful. and You know, he didn't do that. I think Habib knows he let, he let himself down. But what I, what I found was weird as well, actually, was afterwards he was talking and he kind of half blamed the media for making the sport like this. And I'm like... Look, the media couldn't make the sport like this if the fighters didn't go out and do it. Like, if McGregor didn't go out and talk, if you didn't fucking jump the cage and double-foot-stomp Dylan Dennis, if your two fucking hooligans didn't come in and uh, hit Conor McGregor from behind and everything like that. I just... What did you think of that afterwards? We'll get to, actually, what happened in a second. But what did you think of, you know, his reaction afterwards and, and what he said and what Dana White said as well, actually. And I know we kind of touched on it there at the start, but he was he didn't... You know, he said he was... He didn't say he was stripping him, but he didn't say he wasn't stripping him either. What do you think of that?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, so first of all, kudos on the Finn Balor reference. Thank like, you. I didn't even think about that until, um, until you mentioned it. I, one of my favorite angles of the, you, you know, videos that was shot by somebody in the arena, I don't know if you saw it last night, mm-hmm. uh, but was the one, some guy just comes running around the side of the cage and like does a body splash into, yeah. the, into the crowd. That was hilarious. I like, I, I mean, that that is funny to me. Um, but, you know, really what what... What Khabib? First of all, I was shocked that they let Khabib go in front of the press afterwards. Yeah, I mean, there was no, there was no situation where I thought that they were going to say, "Yeah, go out there and talk." And then, the, when he went out there and talked, um, you kind of understood why I didn't think they should let him exactly, talk yeah. because, you know, he he didn't. He didn't. I mean, he apologized to the commission, uh, but then he just kind of tried to explain it all the way. Like it, this was all Connor's fault. And and look, like even though I'm telling, you know, even though I said earlier that, that this was never a joke, and you know he's not playing around, that doesn't mean I condone it. That was a, that was utter bullshit. It was horrendous act. It was horrendous. Like it, it's a stain on the sport by Khabib Nurmagomedov, and it, it could have been avoided mm-hmm. had he just not gone after Dylan Danis. And look again. I could run this Dylan Danis joke into the ground. But, I mean, I get it. Dylan Danis has a mouth on him, right? Mm -hmm. And, I mean, he – I don't even know the guy, and he annoys the shit out of me when he talks to other people. Um, so I can imagine how he could get un- under somebody's skin. But that being said, there is no excuse for what Khabib did last night. Mm. Zero excuse. Yeah. So exactly, and again, two, again, again, look, I'm going to say this, Sean, because I know I have to. People listening to this podcast, that also, that Connor, there was no excuse for what Connor did either. 100%. Let's just make sure I get that in there because I don't want people coming at me with, oh, what about Connor? What about Connor? 100%. Both of them were fucked yeah, up.
0: Two wrongs don't make right. 100%. And- Look, okay, what, what actually happened, I suppose, is interesting to to talk about, too, uh, after fight. We will get to the fight, I promise. So, Habib chucked out McGregor. He went over towards Dylan Dennis, threw his mouthpiece at him. Uh, a, one of the security guards attempted to hold him back. Habib pushed him out of the way, jumped over the cage, double-foot stomped Dylan Danis. Um, they were pulled apart. Danis went after him, and uh, he, he looked like he hit him with a, with a nice old smack there at one stage. Uh, John Kavanaugh kind of jumped up. Uh, on the octagon, Owen Roddy and, and Sergey, his coach, were also there and they were kind of pulled away. Uh, as that was happening, two of Habib's hoodlums, cornermen, whatever you want to call them, jumped into the octagon. Actually, one, one of them jumped into the octagon, jumped across, jumped up on the cage and went to get into t- to the fight. At the same time, McGregor was going to do it. They traded blows on top of the octagon. That guy was pulled off of of, from McGregor. Then McGregor was pulled down off the cage, as he was. Two other guys jumped in. Uh, one ran at McGregor to hit him, and McGregor countered him, which was defending yourself, fair enough, and then the other one came in behind him, hit McGregor, two blows into the back of the head, uh, at least one of them into the back of the head, and then he was pulled off, another one came in and tried to take McGregor down, he got a good underhook, to get, kept the takedown, and then John Kavanagh came in and, and pushed him off of it, and it was kind of, it was kind of diffused from there, look, for me, the and Dana White said it afterwards. The the guys that came in and attacked McGregor should never fight in the UFC again. They, they were arrested straight away afterwards. McGregor dropped the charges, which is the most Irish thing of all time to do. No no one ever wants the police involved, and you know that's 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 that's, that's whatever it is. But it was absolutely horrendous. Like those two guys, I don't care what charges McGregor dropped. I think you know the oh, the police in Las Vegas or whatever they have that on camera. They should be prosecuting them for. You know, for for what they did. They could have been, you know, a riot could have happened in there because of that. That was assault. Like they they saw it happening. I don't I don't maybe I don't know. I don't understand the law obviously, but like they, they should still be brought up over that. It was horrendous. Just like McGregor was brought in front of the court and, and, and whatever in, in New York and Keane Cowley and the rest of them. Like that was absolutely absolutely horrendous and wrong did you see it the same way as i saw that the whole incident there
1: yeah pretty much and you one of the guys i think was um what's how do you pronounce his name Rizvan magomedov yes yeah, yeah, i mean wasn't okay. he supposed to fight uh
0: zubar i think yeah he was supposed to fight artem yeah. in like two and three weeks but yeah looks like, like he's got so, caught now so
1: yeah so i'm suspecting he's not going to be fighting because <laughs> yeah. uh, he was definitely one of the guys yeah but man i agree with you i agree with you wholeheartedly uh it was just it's just not a good look for the sport as it wildly I don't know if entertaining is the right word. As why, well. as insane as it may seem in the moment, and how you, no matter how much you how you get caught up in what happened last night, mm-hmm. like it was a it was a horrible look for the sport. I mean, the, the the governor of Nevada was in attendance. Man, you had all these stars Chris uh, in attendance. There. Yeah, Chris Pratt, you had I mean you had stars in attendance. It was a big night for the UFC. I mean, the governor of Nevada who by the way controls the Nevada Athletic Commission. They they are directly under his purview. Um, I, it's just a bad look, man, cuz like I mean, I don't I don't buy the you know, the line Dana White gave us about Governor Sandoval having to sprint out of the arena like that just sounds ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. But um still, if he you know, if he had to leave, if he had to be protected in any way, it, it's just it's a bad look, man. But mm-hmm. I mean, on the other side of that coin is the fact that the ufc makes the nevada athletic commission so much and we have seen the nevada athletic commission roll over uh for the ufc time and time and time again um and so i suspect that's what we'll see here again but uh, you know khabib and the people he surrounds himself with uh, is i I mean his father couldn't even get in the country right so like if it's it's not a given that he's gonna be given a visa to come back here and fight again so it's gonna it's gonna be pretty interesting
0: mm, he didn't get arrested though and, and maybe his other guy the other guys won't get a visa but I don't know is there anything they can do when they've just been let go now and obviously we probably should talk to to, to someone lawyer. but to, to me like this looks like something that'll that, that's going to blow over. And I, I suppose one more one thing to, to uh, mention as well. I thought the, the police and Dana White mentioned after actually did a great job of defusing it and breaking it all up and didn't let it spread. You know, they pulled uh, Habib off Dennis almost straight away and got Dennis away and got the, the teammates away. Obviously, as that was happening in the octagon, they, they were able to attack McGregor, but they pulled them guys away pretty quickly as well and were able to defuse it. And, you know, that was... That, I suppose that was a good thing, and uh, we must mention as well Habib came into the octagon afterwards. One want Dana wanted Dana to put the belt on him, Dana refused. I think correctly because he thought it might into uh, you know inside a riot as well. So so that was done. But I suppose as we move on towards the fight, and last thing on this, what do you think should be done to Habib uh, by the UFC? We we leave the law side aside because we don't know about that. But by the UFC by the commission, what do you think should be done and what do you think will be done?
1: I think that they should strip him of his title and suspend him for a year. At minimum uh but i don't think either of those things are going to happen by the ufc
0: yeah so i, I, I do 100 100 agree with that i think yeah like i said mcgregor at the time when he attacked the bus, i think something similar should have happened to him uh, you know suspended for a year obviously that wasn't going to happen either And when he, you know when he jumped in the octagon or, or the, the cage even at bellator as well i said something similar which was you know terrible and they, i think it should be the same they should definitely strip him anyway whatever about whatever about um uh, suspending him for a year you know if you want to if they're making the rematch or whatever Oh, grand but like did i think he should get stripped of his title something like that like can't go they let mcgregor get away with too much there was nothing really they could do to mcgregor because he was going to be out for like six or eight months after anyway what is it like seven or eight months since that actually happened so if they'd spend it for a year it wouldn't make much of a difference he had no title to strip and you know there's so much money to make out of him <laughs> they weren't going to do it anyway yeah. and that's the reality well, of the year you, as well
1: yeah and if you strip him of the title i mean they, they they did it anyway they stripped connor of the titles but not for that but like you know, all they all they do, if they tried to punish Conor more than they did, all they would do is push him further away. And he didn't have to come back, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he, he just didn't. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, but with Khabib, they have no such qualms, you know? I mean, they're if Khabib n- never fought for the UFC again, I don't think it would be any water off the UFC's back. It's sad as that is to say.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about the the fight, so. um, And I'll, I'll break it down here a little bit before we, we get into it. I, I thought they both came out and looked a little bit nervous walking out, which... I don't buy into the whole nerves and thing beforehand the whole trash talk and stuff. But on the fight when they're walking out to the fight, you you kind of have to buy into it because that's the reality of where they are. They both look they both looked pretty pretty nervous to me. It, look, they came out. McGregor tried to push forward, didn't work at all. Habib came in, uh, inst- you know, he countered one of McGregor's shots with a a big long hard takedown low inside and was really really quick. And didn't catch McGregor off guard, but McGregor went for a knee, and I don't think a lot of people saw that or talked about it, McGregor went to knee him in the head as he came in for the takedown, something which I talked about before, which I didn't think McGregor should do at all, but he did it, Uh, that gave Habib enough time to catch the leg. He he, McGregor did a good job of defending initially, he stopped him in, in, in the middle of the cage as we talked about beforehand and I think that was p- pretty good analysis done by most people, he didn't get him down until he took him to the cage and McGregor had nowhere else to go so he took him down, late on him basically for the the rest of the round won that round 10-9 didn't land too much damage McGregor actually did pretty well defending on the ground uh, and, and didn't take the sorted damage we're used to seeing Habib taken the second round started and I think it was the uh, the first 20 seconds of the second round were the only time in this whole fight that Conor McGregor fought like Conor McGregor should fight he pushed Habib back started landing one or two shots not much you can't land much in 20 seconds but he pushed him back behind that small black line of the in the middle of the octagon As that happened, Habib faked to do the exact same thing he did in the first round, come in strong with the low takedown, but he came over the top with a big right hand and smashed Conor McGregor, almost knocked him out. Um, From that point on, the fight was basically over, I thought. McGregor was rocked badly. He stopped using his range, he he couldn't get Habib back on the back foot, uh, they started striking in the pocket, McGregor looked a little bit dangerous, but Habib looked more dangerous, he was hitting him with more shots, he, they were basically just fighting in the pocket, didn't for a while, uh, Habib when they did that, that was always going in badly for McGregor. Habib pushed him against the fence, got the takedown, uh, landed some heavy ground and pound. Looked like he was going to finish him, but McGregor, you know, a lot of people talk about McGregor's heart. He did well, he, you know, he kept going. Uh, he got out of a Kimura as well and, and saw the end of the round. The third round came out and it was probably McGregor's best round. They fought in the pocket, uh, but McGregor looked like he, all his power and strength and um, speed were gone habib didn't wrestle for most of the round until mcgregor basically gave him up a takedown uh, by by just he fought in the pocket the whole time you know this whole, whole third round people can talk about and say mcgregor did well and and he did but it was basically a boxing match which habib habib was doing well as well you know this was a relatively close round and mcgregor won it and he, he deserved to win it but habib wasn't outclassed by any means on the on the, the um on the feet he landed a nice few a nice few shots um on McGregor especially one one big right hand and a couple of jabs as well late in the round Habib pushed him against the cage but McGregor stopped him by holding the glove really badly which was uh, you know one of a few things McGregor did he held the shorts as well at one stage he put his fingers uh, in the cage he hit uh, Habib with a knee, an illegal knee on the ground uh, and a couple more things as well but the fourth round in McGregor tried to come out uh, and push the pace but he just didn't seem to have the gas tank to do it he looked he looked tired towards the end of the second and into the third he kind of came back a little bit then he looked okay at the start of the fourth but he just couldn't keep up what he was doing at the start of the fourth uh he got pushed against the fence body lock as you know we talked about last week uh, and tripped mcgregor did a good job of freeing his legs initially as we talked about as well and i thought mcgregor did a fantastic job of this whole fight for getting out of half guard and i think that was a key position for habib but it just shows how good habib is by not uh by still destroying him and not getting the half guard uh, Habib was able to then pull him down uh, as McGregor was get, trying to get back up he took his back then the mount uh, McGregor got a bit desperate and started asking the ref for a stand up uh, he escaped from that mount but then Habib got back into the mount took his back and then choked him or well it was more of a, a face crank actually you know Patrick Lyman said it uh, the last day when I did the, the, <coughs> the preview with him he said if McGregor's given an opportunity to tap he will tap and look, it, it might sound harsh, but that's what happened, you know, when someone calls it beforehand, and then that's exactly what happens, I think you have to call it like that, and, you know, McGregor, uh, McGregor kind of knew, I think, himself, or maybe he didn't know, but subconsciously knew after that second round, and going into the third round, and especially during the third round, when he couldn't land those big, hard knockout shots, he knew the game was up, you know, and that, that fourth round, I think, especially showed it, because he lost, you know, we talked about McGregor and his confidence, when McGregor loses that confidence of knocking someone out, he's finished, you know, I think in the first two rounds he didn't get a chance i mentioned that 20 seconds was all he got in the first two rounds to do what he wanted to do and it ended him getting knocked down and and beaten up on on the ground uh and you know after that then it, it was all it was all done but i suppose i mean long enough there in it and, and describing it i suppose we, we kind of had to because it was, it's something that's kind of been left behind and people really haven't talked about the fight how did you see the fight how did you see uh mcgregor and habib's performance
1: yeah, I mean, for once, it actually kind of played out the way that I thought it was going to. Um, I just, I, I going into the fight, I did not think that Conor would be able to keep Khabib off of him and keep his back off the canvas, uh, you know, repeatedly. Um, and, and but you know, the the disheartening thing about fighting Khabib, I, I imagine, it's got to be super, super. Um, it has to be it like it's like a spirit crushing thing because you you stop him. You stop one takedown, right? you're feeling pretty good about yourself. And then he just keeps coming. He never stops, never stops pushing. Um, Like nobody else in the sport, he keeps pushing because he just doesn't get tired. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, you might be feeling pretty good about yourself, stuffing a takedown, getting up off your back one time, but he's still still there, still coming. Uh, And if you don't have... I mean, your gas tank has to be better than his, which we all know McGregor's gas tank is not. Um, and so I, you know, I think I think Connor did really, really well in in keeping Khabib at bay, keeping him off of him uh, in that first round. But it was always going to go this way the longer the fight went. I mean, I think Connor's after the fir- you know probably the first round and a half, I thought if. If Conor was going to have a chance to win the fight, I thought it was going to have to happen in that time frame because then he was going to gas out, and that's that's exactly what happened, you know. Um, and I, what I didn't see happening was Khabib striking. I mean, he you know he stood toe to toe with Conor striking, and took some really good shots, and just kept coming forward. That had to also be a little bit spirit crushing too. Um, but as far as, you know, it, one thing I do take issue with is people saying, you know, kind of insinuating that Connor's a, a coward or weak for tapping. Yeah. Um, dude, that, that that choke across the jaw hurts worse than, I mean, it is extraordinarily painful. If you've never experienced anything like that, I I urge you to find somebody who knows a little jujitsu and and have them apply that choke to you and, and see how quickly you tap. Um I mean, I, you know, I think it would probably cause me to tap a lot quicker than an actual blood choke would. So there's no harm, there's no shame in what Connor did tap into that choke. Uh, to tough to try and tough that out, and I just did air quotes, even though you guys can't see them. Mm-hmm. To try to tough that out would be ridiculous. There's no point because it was it was locked. His jaw was gonna break. I, I mean, the game was up and he knew it. There, there's no there's no shame in tapping out.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I think another thing. To to mention is and pizzi talked about this a lot coming up uh, to the fight was mcgregor's preparation you know he was out for two years you know we saw a lot of him partying around the blaze you know drinking he was drinking proper 12 two weeks ago at a press conference which you know we, we have to mention now we, you know people talk about stuff before the fight all the time and how it affects it. and i think you must mention that he only had seven weeks to prepare for this fight and he didn't look good when he got these opportunities now habib didn't give him any opportunities which is You know, obviously a huge thing for Habib, but McGregor in those those bursts, he got on the feet, as you mentioned there, you know, Habib got the better of him in a lot of those exchanges, you know, we talked about it beforehand, and I never thought that was going to happen at any stage, you know, for though Habib got more knockdowns in that fight than McGregor, you know, he knocked McGregor down, McGregor didn't even look like knocking him down, so, you know, McGregor did not look good in there at all, and I suppose that, you know, (sighs) That'll get us to the rematch in a second. But I suppose a couple more things on the fight itself. You know, it's it's an odd one that Habib... And I suppose it's not odd for Habib. But Habib looked really good on the ground, as he always does. And he looked good on the feet. A lot better than a lot of people thought, including myself. McGregor looked... Very good defensively on the ground, and he looked awful on the feet. You know, he, as I mentioned, 20 seconds was all he looked good for, and that that third round on the feet, he did not look good at all. You know, he, him going having an almost even round with Habib Nurmagomedov on the feet, no matter how good Habib uh, was or has improved, it's just not not Conor McGregor, not good enough, and that didn't look like prime Conor McGregor in there. And maybe it's because of you know the fact he's been out for so long. Maybe it's because he didn't have enough preparation or whatever. And you know, we can talk about the rematch then, but whatever that is, Habib Nurmagomedov was better than him in there. He he might always be better than him and to me if i if they were fighting again i pick mcgregor coming in i was 100 wrong if they fought again i'd have to pick habib to me he just looks like you know a better fighter than mcgregor a, a bad matchup for him as a lot of people predicted. you know i was calling it a 50-50 fight a lot of people were as well i think it was going to go one of two ways and <clears throat> when mcgregor didn't get him out of there in the first two rounds i, I think it was uh, it was all Habib. but look for mcgregor the interesting thing if they were to fight again I think he can take some some you know positives from the fact he was able to defend it reminded me of a lot of Damian Maya fights you know where we talk about Maya maybe shoulda finishing but the guy he was fighting did very well defensively against him and this is a fight that'll probably be analyzed very badly because of all that came after it and people not looking at it closely enough but I watched it like four times today And, you know, I thought McGregor defended very, very well on the ground, didn't let, Habib didn't really get that much off on him, the end of the second round he did, but McGregor even defended well there, keeping both his hands up, and Herb Dean did a good job of not stopping, and I think he was throwing a lot of, punches to the arms and stuff it wasn't until you know he got the he got the the uh neck rank in the end uh that that habib really had him in trouble but you know mcgregor defended well there if he could come back and, and improve on the feet you know he'd obviously have to say it'd be the same you know analysis coming into next fight as it was coming into this fight if habib could take him down like he did last night he's going to destroy him if mcgregor can stay on the feet you know and be be fast be powerful early he can knock him out now i said that if mcgregor got a chance late in the fight uh, in the second or third round that he would he'd have a chance of uh, knocking him out as well but it turned out i was 100% wrong he didn't have the gas tank he didn't uh, you know he didn't have the ability to do that and now that's down to his gas tank but it's also down to the gas tank habib has and the way he took away mcgregor's gas tank by beating him but you know by absolutely beating him down for especially in the second round now he laid on top of him in the first round but but there's that but what what do you think about about that fight and about going into the second fight do you think it'd be same again
1: yeah i mean they could fight 10 times and i think it'd be the same thing every time
0: mm-hmm. do, you, do you think it'll happen
1: yeah yeah i do i do they'll find a way
0: yeah they probably
1: i mean connor you know i mean if i'm connor i would go no thanks i'm gonna keep you know if he makes 50 million bucks off this that, you know or whatever he, he said he was gonna make um if i'm connor i'm like yeah you know i don't need that i'll just stay here and uh because the, the more that I, the more that he goes out there and loses, which he, you know, if he fought Khabib again, he would lose to Khabib again. The more he goes out there and loses, the more his stuff, uh, his his products and his brand outside of the octagon are hurt. I mean, mm-hmm. um, the Proper Twelve. I don't I don't know if you've actually had any of it, but mm-hmm. like it's like a less good Jameson mm-hmm. is the way I would describe it. It's not great as yes, it is, but the marketing is fantastic. Um, they, you know, I mean, they've, they've got a great website, they've got a great bottle, they you know got a great logo. Um, it's, and it, you know, I mean, even here in America, that stuff is flying off shelves. I mean, there, there's a liquor store a couple miles from my house, and I walked in there the other day, and they, they've sold out of it twice in, what, four days since it's been available here, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Um, but the more that he loses, the less people are going to want to be associated, you know, the less inclined they are to go out and buy stuff like that whiskey and whatever else he's got to sell us next. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I think that's the only thing that would keep it from happening. Uh, I guess the question would be, is the payoff worth it?
0: For yeah. Connor. I think Yeah, you know, I think it's a very interesting step that, that comes up next. You know, if it is heavy again and he loses again, that's gonna to be tough. You know, I suppose it'll be the D the Diaz trilogy after that, which will sell as well. But you know, there there is definitely steps for McGregor next. But the way that ended yesterday I don't know was it a good thing or bad thing it's probably a good thing if they do it again because they'll earn a shitload of money and probably more than they earned last night because the rivalry will be so hot and people will kind of forget the domination that happened in the fight and you know McGregor I'm sure will have his things to say but you know I I think there's a lot of big decisions coming up for Conor McGregor what does he do next how does he prepare you know know, who's he going to fight is it going to be Habib but I suppose over the next couple of months, we'll, we'll, we'll de- describe that a lot. Is there anything I left out there, Jeremy? Any other talking points that we need to talk about fr- from from the, the whole thing before I move on to the, the other fights in the card?
1: No, I mean, I think the only other fight that would really probably interest Conor McGregor, if I were Conor McGregor, the only fight that would interest me would be George St. Pierre. Yeah. Um, and who knows what's happening with that. So, yeah, I mean, I you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, if he, if he fights again, if Conor does fight again, I think you're going to see him fight either Khabib or George St. Pierre. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be one of those two.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I, I think so. Or Nate as well, maybe if, if, if it pins. I suppose what Nate does with, with Paria, but yeah, yeah, I don't think Nate wants. To, I don't think Nate wants to
1: fight Conor. Really? I don't okay. know. Yeah, I mean, it just seems like he's he's not. Super, I mean, maybe it's just Nate being Nate. Maybe he's a smarter promoter than I think he is. But uh, you know, the things that he said about not really caring to fight McGregor, I, I just I don't know, man. I don't yeah. know.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll see, I suppose, over, over the next uh, over the next couple of, of weeks and, and months. All right, let's get to to the rest of this, this card, and then we'll, we'll get to your uh, your questions. Uh, Tony Ferguson versus Anthony Pettis. This was, as advertised, fun fight, stole the show. Uh, b- back and forth fight, really. I think Tony Ferguson dominated most of the fight, but Anthony Pettis was probably the closest to actually finishing it, apart from when it was, was stopped in the corner, landed at. I think it was a lovely right hand. I have not a chance to go back and, and watch it, but... To me, it was it was one of these fights where it kind of went as I thought it would go, apart from Pettis getting the finish. I just thought Pettis would land one or two more shots enough to finish Tony Ferguson. Because I, I think Ferguson leaves himself so open and doesn't have the best chin in the world. Now, you can say he got caught and he didn't get finished, so his chin is great, but... I, I don't know. I I just think you can't have a great chin when you leave yourself as open uh, as he does, especially against a guy like like Anthony Pettis, who throws you know that big right hand hard and that big high kick. I don't think he threw enough high kicks and all. But credit to Tony Ferguson, you know, coming off of that injury, <clears throat> coming back very quickly, that pace he kept is absolutely relentless, and that's an interesting thing as well. If you're looking forward to Habib, you know, he can keep the same pace as Habib can for five rounds, and probably even better, in fact. So that that'd be another good fight. But smashing win for Tony Ferguson, wasn't it? Yeah, it was except
1: for the fact that he won the fight because Pettis broke his hand while punching him. Um, it, what what kills me about Tony Ferguson? I mean, I, I you know, he's not one of my favorite people. Just yeah, I find him kind of annoying, um, mostly because when I when I was on Twitter back in the day, his his habit of capitalizing every single word just drove me up the <laughs> fucking wall. Uh, but <laughs> I've never been able to recover from that. But yeah, I mean, I I don't I mean. Ferguson was all, dude, his style is so weird, and somehow it works, man. Like, you know, it looks like something that should not be able to work against high-level fighters like Anthony Pettis, and it does. Now, he didn't finish Anthony. I mean, I guess he did technically finish Anthony Pettis, but it's more like Anthony Pettis kind of (laughs) finished himself. And what kills me is after the fact is Tony Ferguson acting like he did it. Like, he won the fight. And, I mean, he didn't, like, he... The guy broke his hand,
0: dude. Uh, Come he, on, he beat the shit out of him. I think that was that fight was basically over at that stage. He was he could have been stopped. Like he was absolutely beating the shit out of him. He was bloodied up and badly hurt and stuff. And I think he beat the fight out of him as well. You know, he, dude, yeah. Sean, he
1: got bloody when he got bloody when Pettis was on top of him. I mean, that, that's when that cut happened. Like yeah. it, you know, he, I mean, I I mean, sure, he was beating Pettis up, but Pettis was beating him up too. So I mean. I, I I don't think the fight was. clear. I mean, I think if Pettis had been able to to, to fight with a broken hand, I think yeah, you know, there was still a good chance that he would have won the fight.
0: I don't think so. No, I think I don't know if yeah, I think Ferguson would have still finished him. He looked, I I don't know, he looked to just have the the fight beaten out of him. But I suppose that's neither here nor there. What do you do you think it'll be Habib next for him? I know we just talked about Habib and think the rematch will probably happen, but it's hard to see what is actually next for him if it's if it's not Habib. You know, he just beat Kevin Lee, just beat Pettis. You know, they're... There really isn't much, you know, much else there for him to fight unless he's fighting Habib. And maybe he's better off taking some time out and waiting for for that fight to to uh to play out to see what happens. What do you think? Would Would you like to see next for Tony Ferguson?
1: Yeah, I mean, I clearly it's got to be Habib, but I mean, we we've already seen that fight. They try to book that fight a couple of times and it falls through. And I think Dana White said that fight would ne- he's never going to try to book that fight again, <laughs> yeah. which means clearly that's what's going to be next. Definitely
0: definitely alright let's talk about Derek Lewis and Alexander Volkov. yes let's talk about Derek Lewis please <coughs> oh god Did... highlight of the night <laughs> this was the quintessential Derek Lewis fight I call it was it was
1: everything that's great about Derek Lewis in one it package was, like it, it was, was perfect package
0: like... that's yeah, the no <laughs> hot package uh... yeah no pun intended <laughs> Derek Lewis is a guy, if you've never seen him fight for listening to this podcast for the first time, I say it in every podcast that Derek Lewis is fighting. He'll go out and he'll get the shit beat out of him for as long as he needs to before he gets a big right hand on some fella's chin and knocks him clean out. And that's exactly what he did. He got absolutely decimated for three rounds. And how long was left in the fight? Let me see. 11 seconds left in the fight. He lands probably, well maybe he landed one or two other big shots before that, but he landed really his first big concussive blow on Alexander Volkov, who had been dominating him, and he knocks him out, and is puts himself in position to be the, the to fight the winner of Brock Lesnar, um, uh, Daniel Cormier, or else the the vacant belt, or maybe Cormier himself. Who who knows? But what a what a man, Derek Lewis, isn't he?
1: He really is, man. Like you do, there's nobody else like Derek Lewis, and that's a good thing and a bad thing too, because I mean, God, not, I, I, we were my wife and I were sitting here watching that fight, and I was like, you know, I mean, usually. By the time the final round, like the last thirty seconds of the final round, comes around, I, I started writing down my notes, um, you know, on the fight and the results of the fight and whatnot. But with this one, I was like, yeah, I mean, he, he, can, Derek Lewis can still win this fight. Yeah. Um, as terrible as he looked up until that moment, he can still win the fight. And sure enough, uh, Derek, you know, knocks out Volkov and then takes off his pants in the middle of the <laughs> ring, which we can get into here in a second. But I mean, Derek Lewis is maybe he might be the best worst fighter on the planet. Oh,
0: he is. Yeah, I've called him that for it. It's either him or OSP. And I think after last night, he took the mantle off of OSP. Yeah. I think he is the best worst fighter in the world.
1: He's so bad. He's, he's so useless, bad at fighting.
0: Yeah.
1: He's literally horrible at mm-hmm. everything there is to do. Even punching, like, his yeah. his technique is absolutely terrible. But <laughs> yet he's still he's nine and one in like his last ten fights, which is crazy.
0: He's just an animal, isn't he? he just yes. He there's not like Derek Lewis is not good at all. Like he's 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 not good on the ground. He's good. He's a good no. But he's amazing. He's amazing. He's brilliant. Yeah. He's, <laughs> I don't it's know. Like, what I, it I don't.
1: Is. I don't know. I know. There's no. Real, there's literally no way to really describe the guy because he's so he's so bad. Like, you see him fighting, and he's the kind of fighter that makes, like, fat dudes sitting at home go, I mean, I could do that. Yeah. And they might be right. Mm. They might be right.
0: That's Derek Lewis. This is this is probably about three people in the world understand it, but there used to be a hurler called Donnie Ryan that played for Limerick, and he was, he was terrible, absolutely useless. Every time he used to come on, he would get, like, two goals and, like, three points and, like, win games for him, he was absolutely rubbish. Derek Lewis is a bit like him. He just... He's just a madman legend. What 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 do you think of him pulling up his shorts? Saying he'd hot balls afterwards. Yeah. What else did he say? I don't know. Go on. I I mean, I didn't... Like, I I was
1: watching and I was like, wait, did he... Is he wearing his underwear? Like, he's wearing his underwear. What the fuck is he doing? And and saying... And then Joe asking him why he took off his shorts and said, my balls was hot. Like, if I... If I if I wanted to change my Twitter tr- Twitter profile still, I, that would be my new profile. My, my balls. balls was hot. Hashtag my balls was hot <laughs> <Because> need... like <laughs> he's on. the best. He's the best man ever.
0: He is. They need to re- make a reality show of him and Sage Narco just going around for like a month together. It'd be the, be- <laughs> It'd be the best. It'd the I don't know. World.
1: I mean, look, I've spent some time around around Derek and Mike Jackson and those guys who train in Houston because I, you know, I mean, I'm from there. Mm-hmm. I've done stories on them for the Houston Chronicle, and and what you see with Derek on TV is what I mean. Like that is Derek Lewis. He is not pretending. Mm-hmm. He is he is that subtle with his humor. Um, I mean, I've never seen the man take his pants off, but I mean, like now, nothing <laughs> nothing would surprise me at this point. Uh,
0: legend. Uh I, what did I can't even remember what happened to Dominic Reyes OSP? Did do you remember? I'm not I'm not even sure. Dominic uh, Reyes won anyway.
1: Yeah, he won. But I, I, the only reason I remembered it is because he knocked out um, OSP. Oh, yeah, OSP end. did the Rashad Rashad mm. Stanky leg, where he kind of falls back while his legs are still standing up. Yes. Yeah,
0: that was that was awesome. The ref, I think it was Dan Marghada, did a good job though because that's what you're supposed to do. If someone gets knocked down on the bell like that, you're supposed to give them the chance to get up. If they can get up, then it goes to the decision. If they can't, it's a knockout. So he did the right thing there. You know, people, it's it's a bit weird. It's a weird rule or whatever but he, he definitely did the right thing anyway so that's that oh yeah i forgot yeah.
1: i forgot that that was a decision like i i'm sitting here going yeah he knocked him out and won the fight that's not what happened yeah. that shows you what kind of impact Derek lewis had on me
0: legend what a legend uh michelle watterson then and felice harry this fight went exactly as i predicted as well oddly after you know, a lot of shit predictions in this fight uh Carrot.
1: yeah you did have some shit predictions Awful. didn't you i read all your stuff last week and like i feel dumber now for having read it yeah. like it you need to point me towards somebody who can actually get predictions correct because we can't do
0: it. Certainly not me. Certainly not or me. me. Or me. Michelle yeah. Watterson looked really good. She she won from the outside as I thought she would. Hit them beautiful sidekicks to the face and body and legs and everything. Uh, got a lovely takedown as well with a body lock at one stage. Uh, and when she was taken down in, in, in the third round, she absolutely smashed up Felice Harry with elbows from the bottom. She hit her with that massive front kick as well to the face in the in the third. The, I think that was the round that was called a ten eight. if I'm not mistaken. There was one 10-8. I don't think it was a 10-8 personally but I can see it and I think if that was given as a 10-8 I'm kind of happy it was because they scored that from the bottom you know that was 100% her own because she smashed her up from the bottom uh but it was a it was a it was a good fight overall uh Juicier for me against Sergio Pettis as well was a pretty good fight good win for for Farmiga there. Vicente Luque looked absolutely tremendous, knocking out Jalen Turner. Aspen Ladd looked really good as well, knocking out um, Tanya Evenger. Scott Holzman looked good. Uh, Kunitskaya, Landsberg was terrible. Nick Lintz, uh, unfor- well, not unfortunately, but.
1: Yes, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, unfortunately. Knocked out Graham Maynard, who looks as old as anyone in the world. And Tony Martin did uh, head kicks. Brian LeFlair, beautiful head kick. Anything from that undercard and stuff there that um, interested you?
1: Yeah, no, not really. I mean, it, it, when I was watching the, I mean, I watched all the fights, but at, my brain was kind of, I had that mentality of, okay, let's just get to the main event. Like, I don't care about any other fight that's happening tonight. Let's just get to the main event. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of all a blur. I mean, I, you know, I'd suck seeing Tanya Avenger, uh, handled like the way she was. Cause I like her. Um, and Jalen Turner, the one other note that I would take from the prelims is that Jalen Turner, like I have no idea. I mean, this guy was not ready for that kind of step-up in competition, and I have no idea why they put him them, put them in there against Vicente Luque. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I th- did that fight make sense to you? No like, to me, it just no. did not make sense.
0: Yeah, uh, Well, I didn't really care beforehand because it was just a prelim, and I right. hadn't really looked into it. But afterwards, thinking about it, it was like, yeah, and I think uh, James Lynch said it as well, and he's a guy who obviously does great work on all the the prelim fighters and stuff, and he said that beforehand as well. So, yeah, I think, you know, that's that's their job to kind of do that. You know, it's not our job <laughs> to kind of do that. But, yeah, the matchmaking, and that wasn't. Really that was good. pretty rough, yeah, man. I think yeah. that's a, I think that one's a swing and a miss by Mick Maynard. Yeah, 100%. All right, let's get to the, the questions here. And we've one from WhatsApp first, uh, kind of a long one from Andy Stevenson, but we, we, we'll get into it. Uh, you, if you want to text us throughout the week and get us at uh, plus 3644602. So in Ireland, 87 3644602. Right, let's play this question from Andy Stevenson and listen to it and answer it. What's the crack, Sean? Andy Stevenson here. Um, I have a few questions for you. So firstly, I was just interested to hear your thoughts. I mean, you've probably already talked about it, but um, on Conor striking, I was very confused, kind of, by his performance last night. I thought that he did relatively well. Obviously, he lost, but um, he did. I thought he did relatively well on the ground. I thought he did relatively well dealing with Khabib's grappling um, as well as you can do, I suppose. But his striking just seemed different, um, and I can't really put my finger on what it is. Yeah. So he said his his striking uh, seemed different. He can't really put his finger on, on what it is. To be honest Andy what I think it was was that and I said it last week but Conor McGregor and what anyone fighting Habib can't do is think about Habib. They have to fight their own fight and Conor McGregor wasn't able to do that for the first round and at the start of the second he did it and for 20 seconds as I mentioned and Habib took him straight out of it. So by the time it got to the third round Conor McGregor was tired he was beat up he didn't have the power he usually has he wasn't able to push Habib Nurmagomedov forward. And he just wasn't the fighter that he was. He just really, really wasn't. He it just, you know, he couldn't do what he c- could anymore. Now, if Tom McGregor came out and pl- fought like that in the first round, uh, you know, we, we'd be talking a little bit differently. But the fact that, that that's what happened, um, you know, it, it, it was a bit mad. And I think another question there about GSP. You know, we t- kind of talked about it earlier on. Do you think, is there any um, hope that the GSP fight could be next for McGregor?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I I think that it's either that or it's a rematch with Khabib. I, I think those are the two fights that would, uh, you know, if I'm Conor or if I'm Conor's management, I, I, really, what else is worth? Coming out of retirement. Yeah, I mean, you know, coming back to... Not out of retirement, but what else is worth coming back to the Octagon for? I mean, mm-hmm. ta- not Tyron Woodley, you know, not any other welterweight or lightweight. I mean, yeah, I think those are the only two fights that would interest me. I think they're probably going to be the only two fights that interest him.
0: Yeah. Uh, Lucas Taylor, so disappointing credit to Habib. Is he, he's an animal inside the cage. Is, is he not getting enough enough credit? <sighs> Look, he probably isn't for the display he gave. And, and I think we've given him plenty of credit in this because he was, you know, it was an absolutely brilliant display by him you know he absolutely dominated mcgregor on the ground you know he he controlled him so well it was brilliant but for what happened afterwards you know you can't really complain about this fight not being talked about enough you know we did it for probably 20 minutes there but you can't blame other people for not doing it like and not you know not Describing how this fight went, so you know, so, th- so there is that. Uh, Colin Douglas, is there a little bit of double standard with uh, about the malay Dana set the pre- president for this uh stuff in April. I had tickets to the event and was, I was robbed of the fights, and uh, not pr- punishing Connor led to this. I blame um Habib uh for his actions, but surely Dana and the OC are partly to blame for en- encouraging this kind of behavior. What did you think about that? You know, that a lot of people are saying afterwards, and they said it before in fairness, that the build-up was kind of encouraging this and not, you know, Bannon McGregor and stuff was, was you know, allowing this sort of thing to happen. Do you think the, the UFC and, and, you know, Dan White and, and people like that are, are a bit to blame for this?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. And not even a bit. They're, they're a lot to blame, um, you know, because when Conor did what he did in, in New York City, uh, by taking that footage and, and using it to promote the fight, they were glorifying what happened. They were saying, the, that, that's okay. Uh, we're going to take this. We're going to take what you just did even though we may, you know, frown at you right now for what you just did, we're going to take that footage and help use it to make you a lot more money. And, and look, and that wasn't even the first time, man. Remember the Jones Cormier brawl at the NGM Grand? Yeah. I and mean, like Dana was disgusted by that too, right up until the moment when they started using it to promote the fight. Mm-hmm. Um And so I mean, I and you know, I swear to God, I think you're you would, I mean, I would bet. Pretty much every cent that I have, that you're going to see that footage from last night. Oh. Uh, if Khabib and Connor fight again, you are going to. It is going to be the central theme promoting the rematch. They're going to use that I, from last night.
0: I think it should be as well because it's the reality of what yeah. happened. You know, you can't ignore the reality. You, you, what you have to do is trying to prevent that from happening, or else don't make the fight again and right. <laughs> don't use it. But the reason you my make thing that is don't again, yeah
1: yeah no? my thing is don't pretend that that it offends you we yeah. all know it doesn't offend you we, we could see it in in dana's eyes last night when he was uh, talking to megan olivia afterwards like he looked he looked yeah. thrilled he didn't he look
0: disappointed freaked. at all did he <laughs> no not
1: at all he wasn't yeah. he was happy as a pig and shit he was super super happy because he's like now i have i have footage for the rematch and it's going to be even bigger i mean like he he, he couldn't even help himself yeah. and i can't blame him
0: he did like after the mcgregor boss thing he did look disappointed because it was around fight week and it ruined his plans and i thought he did and around the jones Carmia thing as well he did and obviously they bought change but last night he, as you say he couldn't even hide it like it was it was so see through but look and, and I suppose it's easy as well for them two two Dagestani lads that he can now cut it to be fall guys for it and said that, you know repercussions came you know them, them boys won't be too happy for him and for Artem Lobov as well he's supposed to be fighting one of them in a couple of weeks you know it's shitty for him as well uh, obviously but you know you you're, maybe your boy Mike Jackson come in there in the friend and take that fight on short notice but um, I know he was looking for Artem before but maybe, maybe not we, we'll see in that one uh, Kean Don, um, Donnelly Connor looked rusty, not as sharp, got dropped, underestimated Habib's um, stand-up, very disappointing, but he should learn from this, yeah, he did, I suppose, and I, I don't know that he underestimate Habib's uh, striking, but uh, I think it was more Habib being really, really smart, because he did the exact same thing he did in the first round, Uh, by means of kind of approach but he didn't do the final product the same as he did in the first round he didn't go for the takedown he came right over top and hit him with an overhand right And you know McGregor's game is to be open and give lads chances to come in and do that so he can counter him but it didn't work for him here because Habib looks so so fast so so strong so so powerful Unlike McGregor did, so yeah, he, he did, McGregor definitely looked a bit rusty, he didn't look, you know, he didn't look like he normally does, but when you're beaten up, when you're taken down and laid on for a full round, and then only have 20 seconds on the feet in the second round, and then get the shit beaten out of you on the feet and on the ground uh, for four and a half minutes, you know, and you have a suspect gas tank, as, as kind of, I think it's probably proven, now. You know I kind of doubted it before, but... I think it is that way now. You know, it's not going to look good. Uh, Turns Davidson asked about the official scorecards in red and blue. Yeah, we actually talked about that a couple of weeks ago because the they, they messed it up. Uh, the Texas Commission. How often do you think that happens? Oh yeah, how how often do you think they actually mess up the red and blue and get the get the wrong scorecards and fuck up decisions by just being incompetent?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, well, in Texas all the time um, because Texas is almost entirely and wholly incompetent as a commission. But yeah, you don't. It's it's pretty rare elsewhere.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Laurie Dwyer asked as well about the McGregor look off he didn't even throw a hard punch I think I kind of explained that there you know if he'd would given op- been given the opportunity in the first two rounds which Habib didn't really give him apart from those 20 seconds I think he would a better chance but I think it was beaten out of him uh, by then. Griffo asked the same thing. He, he looked off. Did he look injured? I, I don't think he looked injured. I just think Habib beat, beat him up badly enough in the first two rounds to, to injure him. You know, he was injured. He was injured by Habib. Uh, Adam, uh, where was the timing any other day? And that right hand that Habib landed gets countered before it lands. Uh, I don't know those does it. He threw it very hard. Uh, and... and you know mcgregor was coming in to try to defend the takedown like he'd done in the first round by getting down on top of him pushing the head down and habib was just smart i wouldn't take away any of habib's credit for that but yeah definitely maybe he should have been more wary about the, the striking and everything else uh like that sean dinney how does jumping the fence and launching in a two-footed stomp off the cage not constitute a disqualification because it was after the fight i suppose would that be fair to say jeremy
1: yeah yeah, I mean, I, I, well, you know, and in hindsight, actually, a commission can go back and it changed the result of the fight, and they may still do that. Yeah. Um, I, I have a call in to Bob Bennett to see, you know, to, to try to get his thoughts on what they might or might not do, and he probably won't return my call because he hates me, but I, I I'm trying. Well, um, yeah, they can go back right. and change it. They, I mean, they can go back and change it now, but do I think they will? No, probably not.
0: Yeah. Uh, is there a worse commission than the NSAC to get uh, up to hijinks under now? Texas, yeah, Texas or worse, Texas, yeah. yeah, Texas. Uh, avid anal fan is in one of our patreon subscribers and he asked the question what does the next three years of uh, Connor's career look as we have one more question after this how many fights has he got does he go back and try and win the title uh, who does he fight next and does he fight soon it's, it's hard to know i think the next, next six months or the next three months even might, might tell a lot if he fights habib you know i think habib nate gsp are the three fights that are kind of there for him now and you can't really see any more on the horizon after that but i i suppose we will see um what punishment should Habib get from the UFC, the NSSE, and potentially the police? Uh, what should uh, have Mac- Conor McGregor have been given by the UFC and the New York Commission as punishment uh, for throwing the, uh, the dolly? Look, McGregor went to court. You know, he went in front of uh, of the the New York police, and he got what he was given. Whether you like it or not, that, that's what happened. You know, Habib, I don't think, will we'll do the same, but I suppose we will see. For the UFC, we we talked about it earlier. I think he should probably get stripped of his title. Um, and I think... You know, we're fine or whatever. I, I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> I know we talked about it before and we're kind of just coming to an end here. But any final thoughts, Jeremy, as we wrap up the podcast here?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think he should be stripped of the title do. I think it's going to happen. No, I don't. Um, you know, what happened was... As much fodder, I mean, dude, it was a goldmine for us, like people who, you know, do this for a living, people who talk about MMA and re- report on MMA for a living. It was a goldmine for us. But at, at the at the end of the day, you have to remember, I mean, it, it was a black eye for the sport, just like the Force Nashville brawl all those years ago was a, was a black eye for the sport. Um, but it's not, you know, I mean, I've seen a lot of people talking about how, oh, it's, you know, it's the it hurts the sport it's the end of the sport but it's none of those things right I mean it's a thing that we're going to remember forever it's a historical moment in the sport and not for a good reason um, which is a shame but it's not the end of the sport the sport will keep going I mean this MMA was already a shit show exactly this didn't make it it, this did not make it even more of a shit show I mean it was already a shit show it can't go much lower
0: in the words of the famous uh, Gus Johnson these things happen in MMA and they really do like we, we can't and I think it's an important final point here we can't hide away from this either MMA is a shit show like it, we, we can talk about it being a sport all we want and I've often talked about it, you know inside the octagon it, it's sport outside of it it's it's sports entertainment or promotion or whatever but these are a lot of fucking rough guys in this sport and what you know whether you're talking about McGregor and his team or whether you're talking about Habib and his team or any of the other fighters these are cage fighters that go in there and bare feet and four ounce gloves and beat the shit out of each other like like let's be honest here okay a lot of people are martial artists and are very good people and do everything most of them are I think but there is there is still that, and you know, there is still a, an underbelly in this sport of people trying to make money off of that, and you know, not the best guys in the world, and Dana White using this as promotion, and like, that's just the reality of it, I think. And and what do you, you no, I I 100 believe people have the right to dislike that, and I dislike a lot of it as well. But that doesn't mean we, you know, we can shy away from it. It doesn't mean we can ignore it. It doesn't mean we can't talk about it. And I think we should do that, and I think we have done that today, and I think we'll continue to do that and look as I said this was uh, you said it everyone said it's a fucking black eye in the sport especially in Ireland as well where there have been so many black eyes uh, caused by Conor McGregor now this one wasn't caused by him it wasn't I don't think anyone would blame McGregor for this uh, but you know it's just uh, it's incident after incident after incident with with MMA uh, in Ireland you know and surrounding McGregor and it has been throughout the years as well But MMA normally this is this is a sport, a fucked up sport. Let's be honest here. Let's, you know, let's not deny it. And you know, there's a lot of criticism about McGregor and about MMA, and a lot of it is justified. Now, a lot of it is misunderstood criticism, or incorrect criticism, or just badly written and badly researched and badly understood. But a lot of it, you know, and I think myself and you do it, and and lots of other people who understand the sport do it very well and talk about these issues that need to be talked about. I actually don't think. I think MMA M- media do that very well, and especially people on podcasts. You know, like us and stuff. They talk about the issues that need to have, you know, that happen in this sport and that need to kind of be phased out. And I think hopefully, if we could do anything from today and well, going forward, we can keep fucking talking about that. But I don't know. I, yeah, yeah.
1: These, this is the same kind of conversation that we've been having since. I mean, I've been doing covering MMA for. For 12 years and it's the same conversation we were having I mean I was having with people back in 2007 2008, mm-hmm. which is that there are people who think that The sanctity of the sport has to be protected and I like come the fuck on yeah. like this is a carnival freak sideshow It is pro wrestling except the finishes are not predetermined That's that's all it is mm-hmm. and the sooner you ex- people accept that this you know the better off we will be mm-hmm. it is a shit show carny sport um, and that's you know, partially why we love it as much as we do. It'd be a lot it'd be a lot if it was actually just a you know, an uptight sport like MLB or golf or any, you know, literally any other sport you can think of, if it was just that, like mm-hmm. we'd be bored. We'd yeah. be bored to death. But it's the crazy, stupid shit that happens that keeps us entertained. Yeah. Like just when I think that I'm done, like trying, you know, I'm I'm no longer gonna watch this crap and I've got better things to do something like last night happens and that's a shame but hey look i know what i am i embrace it mm-hmm. i i enjoy the carny aspect of this thing it's what keeps it's what keeps me coming back and it it will always be that way
0: yeah it's always been that way for me but i don't know why last night and maybe it's just cuz it's so close still that I felt the opposite last night. I don't know why. I can't explain it, but that's just... I'm just being honest here. Just. Last I think night, you
1: were probably bummed out because your prediction was so terrible. No,
0: it wasn't that. I don't, I, all, my, all my fucking predictions are terrible. I've been doing predictions okay. for fucking five years and they're always shit. But, like, it's just... <laughs> like, after the fight, I didn't mind. Like, straight after the fight, I was like, fucking heavy one. This is going to be an interesting fight to break down and talk about as we did today. But after that thing, it was just... It was just disappointing. It was just... It was... it was. um, Maybe it's just because I kind of put in so much work over the last week and stuff. And I've just been extremely selfish about it. That it's kind of all gone to shit now because of of what happened. But I don't know. There you go anyway. There are my final thoughts. And it's Jeremy. Thanks very much for joining me. Thanks very much for joining me for the last few weeks. Hopefully, if Graham's not in a cell, hopefully he'll be back next week. But if if he's not, I might catch you on again to talk about, you know, all the lads being deported and fucking... I don't know, probably the next fight yeah. that happens again. But thank you very much yeah, for joining be. for going
1: Yeah, Graham's going to be looking over his shoulder for any Dagestani folks <laughs> coming after him for a while.
0: Yeah, could, hopefully someone gives him an old belt he could do, an old straightener, Graham. He could, he could, but, uh, nah,
1: he's he yeah. got Dylan Dennis on his side, he'll be fine.
0: <laughs> he does, he'll get fucking, he'll triangle someone. Uh, t- <laughs> tell the people where they can find you, Facebook and all that, and read your stuff. you call him out last night, people can go and read?
1: Uh, you can go to my Facebook page, which is – yeah, you can just go search for Jeremy Botter on Facebook. I've got a Facebook page there and all my stuff gets posted there. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Jeremy Botter. I don't post anything except for links to my stories. But mm. um, yeah. And Or you could just leave me alone and not read my stuff. That's fine too. It's up to you.
0: That's what I do. So that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Doing well. Yeah alright Jeremy. thanks uh, everyone as well go to Patreon patreon.com forward slash severe podcast we've loads of stuff up there and we'll have loads of more stuff uh, over the, the coming weeks thanks everyone for their support this week I really appreciate it it's been probably our most supported week our most successful week we've ever had in severe MMA, so I am really really appreciate all of it and hopefully we can uh, we can keep that up over the next uh, coming months uh, and weeks as we pass the hour mark there you go thanks everyone for listening and we leave you on this inspirational quote you cannot find peace by avoiding life We'll see you next Tuesday or Monday or probably Sunday.